President Trump is vowing to fight on to try to overturn the results. Correspondent Ben Tracy is at the White House. A new CBS News poll finds 82% of Trump supporters do not consider Joe Biden's win legitimate. Yet overall, 62% of the nation's voters feel the election is over and settled and it's time to move on. Mr. Trump has lost two separate challenges to the results in the Supreme Court. Email systems have been compromised at two U.S. government agencies. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge. The hacks into the Commerce and Treasury Departments are believed to be led by the Russian government, and they appear to be related to a recently disclosed hack on prominent U.S. cybersecurity firm FireEye. FireEye said Sunday it believed hackers were able to gain access to numerous public and private organizations around the world. Russia denies any involvement. A man with a gun disrupted a Christmas choral concert outside New York City's Cathedral of St. John the Divine. Video shows officers shot and killed the suspect after he repeatedly refused to drop his weapon. Police Commissioner Dermot Shea on what he left behind. Inside this bag was a full can of gasoline, rope, wire, multiple knives, a Bible, and tape. Video shows the man dodging bullets from behind a church pillar. The name's been around since 1915. Cleveland's baseball team is reportedly dropping its controversial nickname after years of protest from Native American groups. Washington football team dropped the term Redskins in July. S&P futures are up 25. This is CBS News. Today, stronger immunity and better nutrition are more important than ever. That's why Eggland's Best gives you and your family more. That's healthy news for everyone. Only Eggland's Best. I'm Dr. Stork. Today, better nutrition and stronger immunity are essential. That's why Eggland's Best gives you and your family more. Compared to ordinary eggs, Eggland's Best provides six times more vitamin D, 10 times more vitamin E, and 38% more lutein, plus more folate and iodine too all to help you maintain a strong immune system and better overall health. These are no ordinary times, so why choose an ordinary egg? Only Eggland's Best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Sales are rising quickly, but without another lead baker, Dale's Bakery is going to feel the heat. Hey, you're baking alone today. I have to handle this order for the restaurant down the street. Cool, but who's going to handle the pastries? He needs to hire. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. A beloved British spy novelist has died. I must apologize for my friend's misbehavior. You bloody well shot. That irate voice was John Le Carre in a cameo appearance in The Night Watchman, based on one of his many best-selling novels, author Robert Harris. In every respect, he was a highly literary figure. He just liked telling stories. A former spy himself, Le Carre looked back wistfully on the Cold War when his early spy novels were set. There was an identifiable enemy then, he said. Today, we have really no identity identifiable enemy except among ourselves. John McKay, dead at 89. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. Winter's on the way in the Northeast. The first major snowstorm of the year is expected to dump more than six inches from Virginia to New England. Forecasters are predicting a nor'easter fed by colder air from a high-pressure system. They're warning of possible widespread power outages and dangerous road conditions Wednesday. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. They're knocking on the door. They're calling your phone. It's your bad credit. It's chasing you, and it won't leave you alone. You need real help. The FTC says credit repair is a fraud. They say no one can take any money and fees up front, and all they do is lie. Now what? Raise Credit has helped thousands of consumers for over 40 years. Credit building is the only way you can get your credit score to a 750 and higher. If you need or want a 750 credit score, Raise Credit is the only way. Stop bringing the pain home. If you need personal or business credit, Raise Credit will build it for you. Call 800-490-4140. That's 800-490-4140. Raise Credit has daily webinars helping people just like you rebuild their credit legally and quickly. Fulfill your dreams in 2020. Raise Credit will set up a new $1,000 cash credit card for you at the end of the program. Just a setup fee and a call will get you the 750 credit score you've been waiting for. Call 800-490-4140. That's 800-490-4140.
Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Rutland Bottle Gas here. If it's propane, we do it. Residential service, commercial cylinder exchange, residential 100-pound cylinder exchange, auto gas, commercial bulk service, agriculture applications, and many more propane-related services that are too many to mention. We service northern West Virginia and many counties in central and southern Ohio. Give us a call at our Rutland location at 740-742-2511 or our Plains location at 740-797-4675 or you can visit us at rutlandbottlegas.com. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Seeing Hardware and Outdoors. We wanted to thank our loyal shoppers for supporting us in a very stressful year, so thank you. And we wish you a happy and healthy 2021. When shopping this holiday season, remember to support local businesses like White's Mill, Floor & More, Friendly Paws, Ohio Valley Running Company, and of course, Seeing Hardware and Outdoors. Merry Christmas from our family to yours. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of... or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Some say we've lost our touch. That we don't build things with lasting detail. Or worse, that we just don't bother. Really. Are we the people who built a country? Who rely on ourselves to get things done? Well, there's really only one way to tell if we've lost our grip. Next time you see someone wearing Carhartt, just shake their hand. Max Thrifty Shop, 940 East State Street, Good morning. Uh, first off, um, let's see here. Scott, I'll need your help on this. We've got, um, let's see, you're on two or three? Two. Okay. Good morning. Uh, <coughs> good morning. Uh, Bobcats, the men's basketball team yesterday, had a good game, right? Well, yeah, but not good enough. Not good enough. Yeah. When the other team scores more points than the Bobcats, that's not a good thing. Okay, so what was the final? It was a 14-point deficit. Oh, mercy. Yeah. So I think it was uh, 81 to 64, I believe. I was involved early on and because we, we didn't get the game on the air in time. I mean, from the very beginning. And it was a computer problem out here. And uh, it took us... Uh, a little while to get the right person involved who knew how to fix it. So, anyway, we missed a, a portion of the first half, but then got it going about 2:38 in the um, on the on the time clock. Not 2:38 on the game clock, but at 2:38 in the afternoon, we got the game on, even though it was supposed to be on at two. And um, but then you got to hear the rest of the game, and we fixed all the advertisers up so they got their. They're um, what they were supposed to get. 
but um, I listened for a little while, and then I had another responsibility. So I did not get to hear the end. But um, uh, generally speaking, aren't we playing pretty well this year? Um, yeah, uh, they they played well. You know, they set that NCAA record the other day yeah. against Cleveland State and scored 40 straight points, uh, you know, five to finish the first half, then 35 to begin the second half. And then um, Ohio State struggled against Cleveland State yesterday. Now, they had a couple players out, so the Bobcats beat Cleveland State by 30, 35, and Ohio State only won by, I think, six yesterday. So That's an interesting comparison. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, again, Ohio State had a few players out, but, uh, yeah, the Bobcats have been playing pretty well. Now, when you go down to play at the Henderson Center in Huntington against Marshall, that is like a team coming to the convo to play. It's tough to win there. However, the Bobcats have done it before. They just came up a little short uh, yesterday. So uh, anyway, yeah, I think they're four and two now, and they've uh, got a great scoring duo in uh, Jason Preston and uh, Ben Vanderplas, and they had another player step up big yesterday. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but anyway, um, Coach Bowles has got a fairly good uh, good group of players there, I I think, from what I've seen and uh, from the games I've heard on the radio mm-hmm. and the game they actually played against Illinois. I mean, they took took Illinois right. to the wire, and uh, Illinois at the time I think was ranked number eight. Uh, they were ranked number six yesterday. They got beat uh, over the weekend, but still, you take a top ten team to the wire on their floor. That's saying something too. But yeah, they're I I look for good things, you know, from the Bobcats. Well, but I do that every year. <laughs> I do too. But I do think Jeff is. Um, I just like his manner of. Um, Coaching, yeah, and I've known him for years. You know, not not on a personal basis, but I've known him, um, you know, from just being around the Athens area uh, with the coaching of the Bobcats, uh, you know, and coaching at Ohio State for years before becoming a head head coach. It was at Stony Brook, I believe. Yes, and uh, he's returned to his alma mater. So, you know, I, I. I like that. I mean, I... I do, too. I like when they hire, when they make a good hire and hire a Bobcat, which doesn't happen often at Ohio Athletics. Uh, and it's a bit rare everywhere. Okay, so, I mean, we're not taking a poke at... No, that. no, not not at all. I'm just, it's a fact. I mean, it's the, as John Rhodes and I used to say, just keeping it real. Yeah. You know, all they, right. They just <clears throat> haven't done it for whatever reason. Wait a minute. Jeff? John? Well, John Rhodes and I used to work together when I was in ath- athletics. He was an assistant coach for uh, John Gross and Tim yeah. O'Shea. So John and I would talk, you know, and have our conversations. And at the end, we would say to each other, just keeping it real. And Jeff? Jeff Bowles, yep. Who's our head coach? Jeff Bowles. Okay. Yeah. But I'm talking about John and I used to have conversations, and that's what Who's we... Who's John? John Rhodes. Are they brothers? No. Bowles John. and Rhodes, two different names. Correct. I'm so confused. Okay, I'll quit. <laughs> okay. John was an assistant coach years ago with uh, John Gross and then Tim O'Shea. Before that, he was a player at Ohio years okay. ago. 610. But didn't Jeff play for us too? He did, yes. Okay. I, they, I don't want, no, stop. They played in different eras. I'm all fouled up. Okay. <laughs> Today is Monday. It's December 14th, folks, the 349th day of the year. We now have <clears throat> only 17 left. Uh, a highlight in history we go back to the year when, uh, not that long ago, 2012, on this date, a gunman with a semi-automatic rifle killed 20 first graders and six educators at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newton, rather Newtown, 
um, Connecticut. What a terrible thing that was. He then uh, committed suicide as police arrived. The 20-year-old had also fatally shot his mother at their home before carrying out the attack on the school. You just have to wonder what in the world was in that person's mind. Yeah. Innocent little children. Their lives Well, first to take your mother's life. Yep. And then to go to a nearby school and just shoot away at kids and their teachers. But we will never know. Yep. That is extremely upsetting. But little children... Never had a chance to live out their lives. Let's see here. Boom, 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 boom. Now let's do some birthdays. Uh, Abby Lane, singer and actor, um, actress, uh, 89. Hal Williams, 86. Uh, Jane Birkin, 74. Um, oh. Joyce Vincent Wilson, also known as Tony Orlando in Dawn, 74. Yeah, one of his backup singers. Michael Ovitz, um, entertainment executive, 74. Actor D. Wallace, um, 72. Um, bum, 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 bum. Boy, a bunch here I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I did the same thing <laughs> when I was reading the list earlier. Michaela Watkins, 49, actor, comedian. Miranda Hart, 48. She also listed as such, actor and comedian. Sophie Monk, actress, 41. And the youngest person listed in R&B, that's rhythm and blues singer, Tori Kelly, who's 28. So we'll set these up here for the rest of the people to use throughout the day. Um, okay. We've got a few guests this week, do we not? We have, indeed. Tomorrow, um, we have the uh, recently named editor of the Athens Messenger, Caitlin. Caitlin Thorne. And um, she's written some neat pieces lately. And um, we just thought it would be fun to get to know her personality. And um, so Caitlin Thorne joins us uh, tomorrow. On Thursday, it's our monthly update with the mayor of Athens, Steve Patterson. So those are the two that uh, are coming up this week. And yes, we, we realize that normally, you know, you like us to have guests on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but this has been a difficult time recently between um, the holiday planning and also the COVID stuff. Um, but we'll get this back on track, and I think uh, it'll be sooner, not later. Speaking of COVID, let's do the report. So this is at 2 o'clock yesterday. In Athens, we have now uh, reached 2,629 cases. Uh, of which only 661 are active. So 3.7% uh, of the county has had it. Um, 661 cases currently have it. 107 of those are in the hospital. 
which uh, if you did the subtract subtract that from the 661 and you'd say, okay, well, that means 554 are recovering at home, and that's correct. Uh, if you do the math, again, 1,962 people have recovered now. They've had it, and I guess the word is they're done with it. We've had six deaths. Okay. But uh, yesterday, I guess the important figure is we had 31 new cases. The state of Ohio. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Yesterday had a total of 562,727. That's 9,266 new cases. However, when you subtract everybody that's recovered in all, uh, active cases are now 175,978. We'll just say 176,000. Of that, uh, a little over 5,000 are in the ICU units. Almost 28,000 are in non-ICU, but still in the hospital. And 135,513 are recovering at their homes. I have a neighbor who got it. Um, I think that neighbor is now considered recovered. Good. Um, other than going in for the initial test, it may be 8 to 12 hours of examination, uh, was able to do all the recovery at home. Uh, now, I'll tell you, his his nurse, I'm sorry, his wife is a retired nurse. So she also had some knowledge what to look for. But uh, he, he tolerated it very well, and this is not a young pup, okay? So, well, I got off track there a little bit. Well, it's just, uh, you know, remarkable how some people are able to, you know, to fight off the COVID and deal with it and heal up, get better. You know, just it's it, the COVID doesn't care who it is. It doesn't discriminate, and you know it affects lots of ages. Well, you know, the other thing is, <clears throat> you hear people often remark about underlying health conditions. Yep, immune systems weakened. This person has such. Yeah. Okay, but he still tolerated it really quite well. You know, I, I think so many of us want to, not want to, but just instantly, naturally go to the dark side. Yeah. I have neighbors, obviously different neighbors than the one I just described, who are becoming um, even more concerned recently about... Going to the store, or even going to a restaurant that has properly spaced and safety precautions and everything like that. My own family. Um, you know, two of our three kids are here in Athens. One's in California. And they're each of their family are very, very, dare I say one more time, very cautious. And I get that. That's their, that's their uh, what do I want to call it? Prerogative. Yeah, but I was looking for a warmer word. That's their right to do what they think is correct. <clears throat> 
even though I have many neighbors whose grandkids are welcome. But they don't, they don't want us to have any contact other than a telephone call or message <clears throat> or waving through the windows. Um, I, I, I understand. Yeah, it's still not easy, I'm sure. Boy, it's not. That you know goes without saying. I've heard from so many people when I'm out uh, different places. They say, you know, the holidays are going to be a little different this year, don't oh. you think? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, very much so. Yeah. So you know, you okay. do, do what you can. We we have to do what we have to do. So here in Ohio. Um, I guess I gave the Ohio report well enough. Um, In the United States, there were 117,000 new cases yesterday. That's a drop, quite a big drop. Um, The the day before, there were 403,000 new cases. But uh, in any case, we've had a total in the country of 16,667,000 cases. Presently, uh, about 40% of that is active. So that's 6,667,841 active cases in the United States. There has been thus far 305,890 deaths nationwide. And we have 9,387,608 recovered. Worldwide. Let me skip this, because I, I want to do a different version of this in a few minutes, maybe. Uh, well, let's see. Today is Monkey Day on the calendar. It's National Boilerbase Day. Okay, I know I've asked this before, and I'm sh- ashamed I don't remember the answer. What is Boilerbase? Boilerbase is a fish stew made with different types of fish seafood is it uh, i've had fish stews but i don't is it is there something uniquely different or why isn't it just a fish stew um that i'm gonna check out right now okay the other thing it is is national alabama day all right While we're looking that up, we've got some other things here. A lot of overseas stuff. Let's see. In 644, the year is 644. Uh, Uman Ibn Affan, companion of Muhammad, appointed third caliph of Islam. And if you understood anything there, you're better than me. (laughs) 1287, during St. Lucia's flood in northwest Netherlands, the Zuurderzee seawall collapses with a loss of over 50,000 lives. Fifth largest recorded flood in history. 1542, Princess Mary Stuart succeeds her father, James V, and becomes Queen Mary I of Scotland. And guess what? She was six days old. How does that work? Yeah, I think we talked about that last week, about uh, changing the diaper and then making an executive decision at the same time. Well, you had to think that um, right and left hands were making all the decisions, and the child simply held the title. Yep. 
Okay. Jimmy Doolittle, were he alive today, would have been his birthday. Of course, famous aviator. Yeah, he was uh, made famous for that uh, Doolittle's raid mm -hmm. over Tokyo in World War II right after Pearl Harbor, which lifted the morale of not only the country, but the troops worldwide. And George Washington, were he alive, <clears throat> he'd be dead today. Uh, that's kind of a rude way of putting it. Uh, the point is he died on this date in 1799. That was a near oxymoron. It was oxy-something. <laughs> Oxidized? I guess. To get it out. <laughs> now. All right, Booyah Base. Booyah Base. Booyah Base is a highly seasoned fish stew made with at least two kinds of fish. And it goes on to say, why is it so expensive? Because it's made with fresh caught fish. Uh, modern bouillabaisse includes sea bass, uh, a bony coastal fish named Rascasse, and uh, St. Pierre, and other fresh catch. So apparently it's made with multiple fresh catch fish. Right, right. Okay, I don't mean to put you on the spot, and yet I mean to put you on the spot. But you're going to anyway, right? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, I found a database that, of course, every day it just becomes a little more out of date. But I'm working with the database as of yesterday. All right. And I transferred it over into my computer, into Excel, so I can sort it any way I want. Okay. How many... So this is the world's population... In the world with COVID, and that sort of thing. So let me first ask you, um, what, let me, let me make sure I've got something right here. Already something doesn't look right. That could benefit me with my answer then. It could. I could be way out in left field. Okay, now now I got it. Um, what do you think the largest China largest country in the world is? Did you just have a Freudian slip there and say China? Yes, I did. That's what I'm going with. Well, you would be very much correct. <laughs> Second. Largest country. Population we're talking Population. about. Population. Um, not acreage or anything like that. Mm, India. You're correct. Third. Hmm. Uh, Again, we're talking population. United States. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. You got that? it. Okay. How about that? Well, we'll see how many more you can get yeah, right. I remember, I have no wisdom teeth, so you know, we were talking about that being... I've got one left. Okay. Okay, so fourth is the U.S. So okay. we got China, I'm sorry, third. China, India, U.S. Now who's up there? Oh, boy. Russia, Indonesia, followed by Pakistan, Brazil, Nigeria, Bangladesh, then comes Russia, followed by Mexico, Japan, Ethiopia, the Philippines, Egypt, Vietnam, and so on. Now, how many countries are there? Uh, 
Um, 531. 220. Divided by 2. My number. You mean multiplied. <laughs> well, my number would be divided by 2. Oh, oh, oh. 531 oh, divided by 2. Yeah, 220 countries. Um, some of them, uh, like one of them is, is what we know as Vatican City, right? Where the Vatican is. What do you think the population is in the Vatican City? Oh, 390,000. 802. <laughs> um, next smallest is the Falkland Islands 3525 people okay so you get the idea yeah now let's do um, let's do cases per um, what am I trying to say? Per one million people. From the largest to the smallest. Okay. Yep, I've got it right now. So, what countries have it worse than the U.S.? Oh, my. I think India probably does. Um, actually, no. No? Okay. I, I won't. Delay this. Then let me just tell you. Okay. Andorra is the worst. Uh, now, they only have seven thousand three hundred thirty-eight cases, but their population is only seventy-seven thousand. Luxembourg, Montenegro. San Marino, French Polynesia, Czechia, Belgium, Bahrain, and then comes in ninth place the USA. So those first eight all have a higher incidence of COVID. Now, let's talk about um, deaths per one million, okay? Belgium is having the worst time of it. It's interesting. All of these are different. Belgium is the worst. San Marino, well, they, they were mentioned in that last group. Peru is third. Italy, fourth. Andorra, fifth. Bosnia and, and Herzegovina. Um, Spain is seventh. North Macedonia is eighth. Slovenia is ninth. The United Kingdom is tenth. Montenegro, 11th, and the USA, 12th. Um, let's go to the other direction. So let's go to um, Desper 1... Smallest to largest. Okay. Burundi. They have had... First of all, their population is 12 million. They have had 
729 cases, of which 640 have been resolved. So they've got 88 active cases, and they've had a single death. Um, Taiwan. They've got 23.8 million people. They've had 736 cases. They've had seven deaths. And presently there are um, 123 active cases. Okay, now I got a daughter-in-law from Thailand, right? Thailand comes in. Um, I lost my place. Here it is, sixth. They've had uh, 4,209 cases. The country has 70,000 people. There are 226 active cases right now. They have had 60 deaths. Well, I don't know. Where do you want me to go with this? Anywhere, or shall I put it away? Um, <clears throat> Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I just was curious about, you know, with a recent spike, if you had anything there that showed the uh, deaths in the you know, last, what, week? Two weeks or anything like that per million if it's rising do you see a trend there going up going down i don't know if you have that or not any information um i have not worked on that specifically it does show up in the u.s data but it also shows that it's kind of weekdays and weekends are separate okay so like Last week, we had some real strong numbers, higher than anybody wanted, of course. And yet the weekend was down, down. Uh, that's, that's great. You know, now with the vaccine on the horizon, okay. uh, you know, coming out now, mm -hmm. those numbers have to go down. I have a neighbor who works in a hospital setting, and because the nature of the hospital has been pressed into doing... Some assistance on the floors, right? Right. Delivering supplies and things like that to the nurses and doctors. Even though he's an executive. We all do what we have to do when we need to do it. Yep. Uh, because of this, um, and he, oh, he told this story. He told this story. That uh, the other night he was delivering something to somebody, food, I think. And the man asked him to just watch TV with him for a moment. And they were watching a ball game. And they struck up a bit of a conversation, and it was nice, right? Cool. Yep. The next night he was on a ventilator. The night after that he was dead. Mm. And that, wow. that really... Hit, hit him right between the eyes. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Well, it was nice of him to sit down and take a little time with that man. Yeah. His last exactly. few days. Exactly. Okay. Um, what was I doing? Uh, that we were doing the vaccine. Oh, yeah. Being, coming out now. And okay, uh, so, numbers so going down. This and that reminded me of this person who said he's getting his vaccine. He thinks tomorrow because of the nature of the work he's doing at the uh, hospital he works at. Right. Now, let me ask you: Are you are you ready to get one? Will you get one when they're available? By the sometimes? way, I saw a protest on East State Street yesterday. Uh, near the entrance to CVS and across the street from it at that stoplight, which is also the entry to the um, Arts, Parks, and Recreation and everything. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
And the signs were basically saying, uh, you know, they were protesting people taking the vaccine. That um, they were trying to put the fear of the results of the vaccine into people, I think. Yes, I will take the vaccine. Oh, likewise, I will too. My daughter-in-law, or former daughter-in-law out in California, is head of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine project. The question is, will I take the first one available to me or not? And I don't know the answer. I think I'm satisfied they're all doing well. I think I am, and my answer to that would be yes, I will do it. Someone needs to help us understand why the protest of taking the vaccine was happening. Well, the, the, the signs, I I didn't catch them real well because I was driving. Yeah. But it seemed to me they were saying, you know, this vaccine can kill you. Yeah, well, some of them probably do have adverse effects. You know, people have different reactions to, you know, the flu shot. Although most people in medical expertise will tell you you can't get the flu from a flu shot. I highly admire Dr. James Gaskell. Likewise. Uh, Dick, as most of us know him, um... He would come on the show anytime I ask him to. I was just going to suggest that maybe sometime um, soon. He's a longtime friend. Anyway, um, well, that might be a good, uh, if, if he has time, uh, Wednesday, since we have an opening and with the vaccine now being administered. Maybe his thoughts and updates, something might be beneficial to our listeners in this area since it's going to be distributed, now coming out more, the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you know he would if he is available, like you just mentioned. Um, I'll um, bounce it off of him. I'll check it out. All right. Uh, but needless to say, that department's highly busy right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what their time availability would be. All right. Um, anyway, do we have anything more on this, you think? Or have we kind of beat it up? Um, yeah, we've probably got so a little mileage out of it this morning. My computer over here. But, you know, again, on Mondays, I just, you know, it's good information. See which way things are going. And now with the vaccine, as I mentioned earlier, it's a... Uh, going to get better well today's a big day news wise and if you're wondering what i'm talking about well we've just talked about one of them the vaccine's going to get going uh the other thing is the electoral college um Let's see here. I've got a story. It says the members of the Electoral College will meet in states across the country today. And while President Trump has tried to disrupt the process, his chances of succeeding remain very slim. Still, Trump's actions have made many democracy experts anxious about the Electoral College, specifically how it could come how it could undermine elections in the near future the electoral college may have become a bigger threat to the healthy functioning of american democracy than any other point since the 1800s these experts say there are two main reasons and the one and the first one will sound familiar it is the Electoral College is more likely to deny victory to the winner of popular vote than in the past. 
The main reason is that political polarization has led to landslides in more states than in the past. The popular vote loser almost won the presidency again this year for the third time in 20 years. If the president, that is, say, President Trump, had received just seven percentage points, seven percentage points more than more of the vote in every state, he still would have lost the popular vote badly. Yet he would have won exactly 269 electoral votes, causing an electoral college tie that Congress likely would have decided in his favor. Imagine how disenfranchised many Americans would have felt in that scenario. The second issue with the Electoral College may be even more troubling, scholars say. The Constitution allows states to award their electors almost however they want. They are not required to choose the winner of the state's vote. A state could pass a law, for instance, saying it would award its electors to whichever candidate would best serve the national interest. Or a state legislature could step in after an election by claiming that the will of the voters was unclear. Well, it is a very complicated thing. I could go on and on with this article, and it's really quite interesting. It is available this morning. Uh, in the New York Times. Okay. Without further ado, we don't want to miss important stuff. <laughs> if if you follow me here, uh, why are you laughing back there? Oh, uh, because it's a an admiration type of response. Far more critical than anything we've said this morning. Absolutely, is this. Coach Turf, the last time we talked, you were changing a tire on that 1937 Packard, getting ready for your first road game of the season. I trust you made it to South Oklahoma State in good shape. Well, that's right. You know, we've been talking on these here programs about all the folks you got to have behind the scenes, and if it hadn't been for our trainer, good old Scrape Simpson, we might never have made it. You know, good old Scrape dug in that bag of tricks of his. He got some tape. He got some band-aids, he fixed that tar, and we made it to Oklahoma in record time. Well, it's good to have people like that you can rely on. I know all of our listeners are wondering about the outcome of your season opener. What kind of game was it? Well, it was a fine ball game. You know, we played a fine ball game. Of course, them boys over at SOS, they played a fine ball game. So what the fans, when everything was all over, said and done with, seen over there, was a fine ball game. And did you pick up that predicted first victory of the season? Well, no. Uh, you know, we did go over there predicting that we was going to pick up a victory. But, uh, you know, uh, when I looked at the statistics, when everything was over, said, and done with, uh, my strategy kind of backfired a little bit. Well, we got beat 33 and zip. Well, Coach, you told me you put SOS first on the schedule this year because their program was having a little trouble, and it looked like they might be somebody the Oysters could beat. What, what happened in the ballgame? Well, I think this could serve as a lesson to every coach out there. You know, you can't take any opponent lightly. you got to make sure that you're prepared when you go to play them. This could be a real good example of somebody sneaking up on you and beating you when you expect to pull out an easy victory and you don't prepare good enough. Well, them folks can just sneak up on you. you got to take everybody like they're the best team in the nation and be prepared when you play them. Well, exactly what went wrong, Coach? Was there something missing in Coach Lewis and Coach Clark's scouting report? Well, that's right. You could say that, but uh, actually what's missing is Coach Lewis and Coach Clark because, uh, you know, they sent that message in code, and what that message said when I finally got the right code book out was that they was lost. 
that they couldn't even find SOS, and so there wasn't going to be no scouting report. Well, we'll be back in just a moment for the details on the Oysters season opener against SOS right after this message. And um, this brought to you <laughs> by Larry's Doghouse. Well, Coach, that 33 to nothing score would seem to indicate that not much went right for the Oysters in your first game of the season. Well, that's right. You know, we had one of them weeks when if it could go wrong, it went wrong. You know, we had a flat tire on the Packard. We had a little bit of trouble getting our scouting report, and scouting report come in and cold. We couldn't figure out what in the world was going wrong, and then we went out there to the ball field. We lost a coin toss, I think, for the 1,767th time in a row, and but what I was real upset about was the way that SOS run up the score on us at the end of that ball game. They was padding their lead. I guess that's what you call your SOS pad. interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Annette Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. <laughs> Precisely why I was laughing prior to the coveted Art Turf show. <laughs> SOS Pat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. You're getting swept up in these Christmas shows. Somewhat. I am. Yeah. I think being alone this Christmas is uh, a large part of it. Gives you a different perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. on Long Island named Sandra Lindsay becomes the first person in the United States to receive Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine. A beaming Governor Cuomo got in the first question. Sandra, you didn't, you didn't flinch. I take it that Dr. Chester has a good touch. She had a good touch and didn't feel any different from taking another vaccine. 
COVID vaccines began arriving at medical centers this morning. FedEx is handling the western half of the country, UPS the east. The company's president of global health care, Wes Wheeler. I can't think of anything more important right now than what I'm doing. It's something that thousands of UPSers around the world are very proud to be part of. The vaccines are arriving in containers, keeping them at minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit. Wendy Gillette, CBS News. The COVID death rate in the U.S. is expected to top 300,000 within the next day. Members of the Electoral College are casting ballots. CBS's Ben Tracy. Some Republicans, like Senator Lamar Alexander, say today's Electoral College vote for Biden should be the final word. It's very hard to say that Joe Biden's not validly elected after Monday if all that happens. President Trump says he will continue to contest the results in the courts. Early voting begins this morning in Georgia's runoff elections. The results could determine which party takes control of the Senate. Former gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams tells CBS this morning she hopes to deliver for the Democrats. When we start early voting today, we have every belief that we're going to see a turnout that is unlike anything Georgia has seen. GOP Senators Kelly Leffler and David Perdue are trying to fend off challenges by Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. Hackers have cracked email systems at the Treasury and Commerce Departments. CBS's Catherine Herridge. The Kremlin this morning denied any involvement in the hack. We don't know how large the cyber attack was or what exactly hackers acquired in their breaches. If it sticks, it'll be a white Christmas from Virginia to New England. The National Weather Service is predicting more than six inches of snow this Wednesday. Also predicted widespread power outages and treacherous roads. A spy who left the business to write novels about spies has died. Correspondent Vicki Barker is in London. The spy who came in from the cold. Smiley's people. Little drummer girl. The night watchman. John le Carré's writing spanned half a century and sold 60 million copies. His family says he died 